Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I want to encourage you this morning from Scripture. And uh, you can turn to the book of Ephesians or the, the Scripture should be, should be up on the screen. And uh, I want to read from you Ephesians chapter 2. The title of this message is called God's New Community. God's New Community. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 9. i reading from the NIV. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved just in case you don't forget, he says it twice. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I'm bringing a very simple message here this morning, God's new community, because God has an incredible purpose for each one of us when He saves us. And it's more than just to save us. And the first point, I'm going to give you three points about this new community that God is forming. The first point from this scripture here is a new life. A new life. I love the name of that church, New Life Church. I'm like, come on, bring it on. Because you know what? The greatest thing that God has done in salvation for us is given us new life. There's a lot of things that happen in salvation. There's a lot of things that happen when we turn to Christ. The greatest thing I believe is that we are given a new life, new life. You know, a lot of people think that the Christian gospel is all about stop being bad and start being good. And I reckon if you went out there in the world, down the street and interviewed a thousand people, the majority of people would say that. And because their experience of Christians is people sitting there waving their finger in judgment at the way they're living. And it's all about, well, good people judging so-called bad people. And when you meet Jesus, I've got to start being good now. Well, look, there's, that's, if you're making that the main thing, you're missing a whole lot because the whole point is actually that God has given you a new life. It's not about making bad people good. It's about making dead people alive. Dead people alive. You were dead in your sin and He has made you alive. This is why this is important. Who knows that a bad person can make themselves good? The world is filled with good people who don't have any faith in God because they've learned to discipline themselves and live by certain guidelines and behaviours. They were brought up well they were, or they were, they were bad and they, need, they needed to turn their life around. They've got a wake-up call and they've started living differently all without God. You can be good without God. But you can't be alive without God. He made us alive 
when we were dead. See, our sin causes us to be dead spiritually, dead on the inside, dead our soul, our spirit. It's like it's, the wages of sin is death. God made us alive. It says, because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. So you can make yourself good, but you can't make yourself alive. How much input did you make into getting raised to life in Christ? Zero. It's a gift of God by grace. Put your faith in Jesus, you get made alive. He made no input. Nothing we could do to make ourselves alive. God made us alive. And this is why Jesus came and died on the cross. Because His death was symbolic of the death for us and His death was actually in our place. And so when He raised to life, we can be raised to life. Do you know, that's why Jesus didn't come as a bad man who became a good man. He came as a man who was killed, who was dead and He was raised to life so that we can share in that life. So, but it doesn't just stop there. He made us alive and it says, He raised us up and seated us in the heavenly places with Christ. So He just doesn't leave you, make you alive and just leave you to wander around in the dirt. I've given you life. He says, no, He raised us up into the heavenly places and seated with Christ. And this is in Ephesians 2, this is, this is building upon what Paul has said in Ephesians chapter 1, where he talks about how Jesus was dead and He raised Him to life and He has been given the name that is high, higher than any other name and He's seated in heaven on the throne. And so we are, if Jesus is seated on the throne, we are seated with Him. You don't understand that that's where you are now. Not just wandering around in the dirt being given a second chance. God is actually, He's got, His salvation for you is so much more than just forgiving your sins so that you can just keep on going what you're doing, living life as normal. He actually wants to elevate you and make you part of something that's going on. He's given you new life. You know, it's like, I'm not gonna say a Jeep because we've heard about a yellow Jeep. Is it canary yellow or Australian gold? Australian gold, my friend. Does anyone get that joke? Give us a wave if you get that. It's not canary yellow, that's Australian gold, my friend. Two, three people, four people, thank you. Okay, we can be friends. The rest of you, I'll have to think of something else. All right. It's like, it's not, a, it's not a Jeep, it's a Land Cruiser. Because we're driving halfway around Australia, I needed a car that would get me there, right? So, oh, that's a, I'm firing shots now, aren't I? Sorry. So, who knows that a Land Cruiser is designed for so much more than just doing a school run? Yeah. Going to the shopping centre. Can I get an amen from somebody out there? Yeah. Right. A Land Cruiser, we, we got our Land Cruiser because we needed to travel. And mate, it had 150,000 Ks on the clock when we got it. She'd seen some dirt, had, all, had bull bar, I think it was owned along to a farmer or something like that. It was overkill, the whole stuff, but it was awesome. It was awesome. And so we get out on the road, we're driving down, we go in the mud, we go in the dirt, we go down creek, go across creeks, we go do the whole thing, right? It looks like, go out and see it in the car park. It looks like it hasn't just been doing the school run. Because that's what a Land Cruiser is built for. Yeah. 
creeks and mud and sand and dirt and all that. It's like the Christian life is built for so much more than just going to church on Sunday. Now, now my Land Cruiser, it does the school run. It does because I've got to drop the kids at school, but it does so much more. And you were built for so much more than just living life and just normal and then turning up to church on Sunday. God has actually got something bigger for you to be part of. And this is what this message is about because I'm going to go to point number two right now. We've been given a new life and from the people who God gives a new life to, He creates, point two, a new humanity. A new humanity. What does that even mean? Well, let's read this Scripture and we'll see what it means. For he, uh, sorry, verse 14 to 16. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, you want to know what God's purpose is? Purposes of God that we can be part of? His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity. One new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which He put to death their hostility. Well, who's the two? What's, what's going on here? It's Jews and Gentiles. Jews, just in case you don't know, were the original people of God. So when God chose Abraham to be a, a man to follow Him and He gave Abraham a great promise, He says, I'm going to make a whole nation out of you. You're going to have children and they'll, just, they'll multiply. They'll be greater than the stars in the sky. God promised Abraham. And then He said to, to Moses, I will be your God and you will be my people. And there was a special people that God had chosen to display His love and His mercy and His grace and His patience and His forgiveness and His glory through on planet Earth. And through that group of people, Jesus was born from that group of people. And they had incredible promise. One of the greatest promises that was given to the Jews was that yes, they're gonna be God's people, but He said, through you, I will bless all the nations. Through you, I will bless all the nations, which is the Gentiles, the second group. And the Gentiles is anyone that's not a Jew. So unless you're a Jew here this morning, you're a Gentile, right? So there's Jews and there's Gentiles. Now, instead of the Jews being a blessing to the whole world, because the, the, the promise was this, I will bless you and through you, I will bless the nations of the world. There's two parts to that promise. You'll be blessed and then through you, I'll bless everyone else. Unfortunately, the Jews kind of hung on to that first bit where God's special people and we're blessed and they forgot the second part about them being a blessing to the Gentiles. And so God had to do something about it. And that's what happened when Jesus came through the cross. There was, it got to the point with the Jews, and I'm not anti-Semitic or anything, it's just the fact. It got to the point where when this was written in, 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 the, in the New Testament, book of Acts, you can see it. Peter stands, gets called to a, a Roman guy called Cornelius to his house. God gives him a vision to convince him to actually walk through the door. He walks through the door and the first line out of his mouth, you can read it in Acts, 
Peter says this, ladies and gentlemen, you know how illegal it is for me to be standing here right now. It was illegal for a Jew to enter the house of a Gentile. God's like, man, I've, my whole plan is that we can bless the whole world. How can I bless the whole world if they've made all these rules for themselves that they can't even associate? They can't talk, can't visit their houses, can't. It got to the point where if you had a child, if you were a Jew and you had a child and they married a Gentile, instead of going to a wedding for that child, you would have a funeral for that child. True story. You would have a funeral and say, that child is gone, no longer exists to us, is dead to us. That's how exclusive it came. So this is why Paul has to write this about reuniting two groups that are at hostility. Not just, not, like this puts Romeo and Juliet, makes it nothing, doesn't it? It's like, man. So you go to this and it's like, he has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier. Jesus had to take the two groups that he wanted to reach and God's plan is that none should perish. So how do I get everyone else to connect to God? Well, I've got to unite them somehow and that's the cross. Through the cross, he removes the barrier and he unites it. Now, why am I harping on about this? Because guess what? For the last 2,000 years, the church has been really good at building up walls with other churches even. But God wants us to be united. If He's gone to all that trouble to unite Jews and Gentiles, surely He's going to want Catholics and Protestants to be a bit more united. Surely He wants Pentecostals and Evangelicals to be a little bit more united. Surely He wants us and the church next door to be a little bit more united. I don't know if there's a church next door or not. There is. He prophesied. Oh, no, I got it wrong. False prophets, don't you? Right, your friend, but we get really good at finding fault at what someone else believes. They're a brother, they're a sister. Jesus died on the cross to unite people. What are we doing trying to divide people again? He's creating a new humanity. And this new humanity is a united humanity because the blood of Jesus was spilt for unity, not for division. A new humanity. So to the people that Jesus gives new life to, it says he create, his purpose was to create one new humanity. Not two new humanities, not three, not four, not five. One new humanity. Thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. And so, actually, this is a message I shared a few weeks ago just before we left in Darwin. And as it turned out, if you come to our church, Darwin's quite a multicultural place. And uh, there's, on any given Sunday, there'll be people from over 50 different nationalities in church, which is just beautiful. It's just, it enriches your life when you have people from so many different cultures, everyone bringing what their strengths are. To, so we worship like Africans. And we, we like Zimbabweans, we worship like, like the Southern Africans. They're, man, their worship's amazing. And we pray like Nigerians. Have you ever heard a Nigerian pray? Man, you, it's not a prayer meeting unless the Nigerians turn up. I'm telling you, it's amazing. 
And well, it's just, it's, it's enriching, but I don't even know what I'm saying. Oh, I preached this message just before we left. And it was awesome because I was secretly hoping that it would happen. And we had our Russian guy sitting there and we had our Ukrainian guy sitting there. And so I called them both up because God's, they, these guys love Jesus. Their countries are at war, but they love Jesus. And their love for Jesus is greater than what's going on in their country. And it turns out, I wouldn't have done it if there was going to be a problem because I know they're best of mates. But what a powerful thing for the church to see. The Russian-Ukrainian embracing and praying for one another in front of the church because they, we are united in Christ. I don't care what's dividing you. Our unity in Christ is so much more valuable than anything that could divide us. You could have $100 of hate. I'm telling you, you've got a billion dollars of love on the table. What are you going to take? What are you going to take? The love, the unity, the Gospel. His purpose was to create in Himself, in Himself, His own body, which was broken for us on the cross. The price He paid to do this. Yes, it's to forgive our sins, but we get to be part of a new humanity. This is the church. It's not called Jews. It's not called Gentiles. It's called the church. Jesus loves His church. His church is important. The church is important to God. He bled for it, to birth it. So in Jesus, this new humanity, the people of God, now made up from previously hostile groups. And what a beautiful picture for a world that is increasingly fractured, that is increasingly divided, than to have a church where you can have a Russian and Ukrainian stand up and love and pray for each other and embrace. Extend that throughout all the other groups. There's things like there's more groups, more labels that people belong to that can be a points of division. There is a unity in Christ that we need to look higher to, to bring the unity in Christ. People who love Jesus. What He has done with Jews and Gentiles is what He intends to do with every other group who are hostile towards one another. And finally, my, my third and final point, the musicians can come, if you don't mind, and begin to play quietly in the background. I don't know if you do that here, but rather than... I love that song, that... But don't do that song. That would be... A little bit out of place. You guys were enjoying yourself too much playing that song, I could tell. <laughs> point three. So point one was a new life. And out of all the people who have been given new life, he's created a new humanity, point two. But not just that. It goes another step further. And from all of those people, he forms a new temple. A new temple. Let's read about it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. So he's writing mainly to the Gentiles who've been brought in now into this. You're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. Doesn't matter what group you've come from, what label they had on you, you are no longer a foreigner or a stranger, 
You're a fellow citizen with God's people and also members of His household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is joined together. In Him, Jesus at the centre. No one else. No one else. Jesus at the centre. The whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. He's building His church. Make no mistake. But He builds His church as He joins us together as God's people. And in particular, the people who wouldn't ordinarily be your best mate. In particular, those who are so different to you. In particular, those who you might have ordinarily crossed over the other side of the road when you saw them coming. He brings us together and builds us together. Why? For the whole purpose that He can fill it with His Spirit. A temple is a building that is built for thousands ever since human history. You study human history, people have been forming together in communities and building temples and putting idols up and expecting that the spirit of what that thing is will fill that thing. It's not just churches. All the way, you go, I'm sure, country like Cambodia where those, there'd be buildings and pictures of idols and things like that. Temples built. This is, that's what people do. They build temples and they expect that the gods will fill it with their spirit. It's important here because Paul is writing from Jerusalem. He's a Jew. And Jerusalem's known for its temple. This Solomon's temple, this incredible temple that when Jesus died, the veil was torn from top to bottom and God left the building. Why? Because God was building a new temple that He was gonna fill with His Spirit. And Paul's writing from Jerusalem, he says, you know what, we've got this incredible temple that was dedicated to God, but He's not filling that temple anymore. He's building a new temple, which is His church, and He's filling that. But these guys could get it because he was writing to the Ephesians. And Ephesus is a city that was known for one thing, the temple of Artemis or Diana. It was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was the temple. That was why you went there, was to see this temple. And they also knew this group of Christians who've been saved and given this new life and Paul's writing to them and saying, okay, you've come out of that temple. You've gathered together. You're God's people made up of Jews and Gentiles and all kinds of different backgrounds. And God is filling you. That temple isn't filled with God's presence. This is the temple that God's building. And God, that's why I love the local church, because this is a temple. This is a temple where God fills with His Holy Spirit and it's not the building. It's us when we join together. Of course, we need a building to come to and we build buildings and we raise funds for facilities and we go for it, step out in faith, we take ground. 
all the while knowing that we're creating places where people can join together as the temple of God. And so God's new community involves the building together of people. And I wanna pray for you as a church. And I wanna pray, maybe ask the question if you as an individual, are you feeling connected as part of this temple? Remember that these temples are built brick by brick, stone upon stone, we get joined. And God's plan and God's purpose is for you to feel like you fit and feel like you belong. And one of the greatest weapons that the enemy has is to whisper in your ear and say, you do not belong here. Do you know what Jesus says? You belong here. The Holy Spirit bears witness. Listen to His voice. You're born to be part of His temple, to be part of His church. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.